Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss the end of the Nintendo shop for the Wii U and 3DS, the return of the League, and the crazy experimental patch. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. This is, I suppose, our post-Valentine's Day issue. Um, Valentine's Day being Monday this week, where, uh, what is today, the 15th? I think is today Singles Awareness Day or was yesterday Singles Awareness Day? No, I don't know. Sixteenth. Uh, <laughs> no, yesterday was Singles Awareness Day. Yeah, I didn't celebrate or anything. I probably should have, but yeah. How have you been, Kevin? Uh, I've been busy. Uh, trying to. First of all, I, I applied and got interviewed earlier today for a part-time job. Ooh. Uh, for just for, just for something to pass the time, so I don't have to like sit at home and yeah, like get destroyed uh, by my <laughs> by my dad. Um, I actually can go out and do something. I'm uh, I'm applying to be a host at an escape room, so that's Ooh, gonna be fun. That sounds like fun. Um, so hopefully that room. goes. Um. On let me pull up my Wait, calendar. Kevin, Kevin, have how how many escape rooms have you done before? Okay, so I've done four physical escape rooms. Okay. Um okay. I've I've done one with my family, and then I did three with various forms of the Overwatch team when I was a coach. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of, it's a really good way, obviously, of team building, but also like you do it in the middle of the year, uh, middle of the semester, and get everybody to like hone in on each other's like things and working together. And I, I just sit there and I watch everybody. Uh, I, I do help out in the room, but it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played Escape Simulator on Steam as well because oh, that yeah. was on sale. So I, I was just like, oh, I might as well go and pick these up too. Uh, I did that race against Kumo um, in, in that, and that was fun. Um, but yeah, this week was uh, a lot of a lot of interesting things. Um, we had the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Super Bowl. Uh, we we didn't do much. We we just made finger food to quote unquote celebrate. Um, nice. On the eleventh, we'll, we'll go backwards. So we'll start on the eleventh, which is Friday. Um, I did a Pokemon Unite bingo game and subathon. Uh, the subathon part didn't really take off. The bingo game was a pain. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know about this, on my Twitch stream, I have like on occasion I'll do these events where. It will be a timed event of how long it will take me to do something. And then there's a bingo card, which has like terrible things that go that go on in game. So like, for example, if it was like if I made an Overwatch one, it would be like mm-hmm. Reinhardt charges off the map with nobody pinned or or uh, Earth Shatter is blocked um, or, you know, uh, just pulse bomb misses more than two times or something like that right um it's just a bunch of those and whenever you get a bingo across the board it extends the timer by half an hour so <laughs> i started off with a simple like i usually start those things off with like six hours mm-hmm. um 
And then it just continues to go on. And in the first five games, I had two bingos and it was bad of of the subathon. And I was like, the only way out for me is if I get to masters, which is like the highest rank that you can get. And I was like solo climb only Um, solo climb to masters with like all these terrible bingo card things. And everybody's voting against me. They're like, man, I hope somebody in the game has like the default items like i hope i hope somebody in this game just like completely throws in this moment and everybody's like rooting against me but uh i i made it i got to the end and uh it, it was a good it was a good run it was just a tough run nonetheless um that was friday and then saturday i was on Artie's podcast how'd that um, go for esports certified that's what it's called yeah um it was really good. Um, if you guys really want to deep dive into like how I got started in casting in general and like kind of my road to where I am now, it's really good. It's a really good listen. Um, I would recommend it. Then again, like it, it, it is the one that I'm on. Um, <laughs> it's a really interesting podcast because both of them are also casters. Um, they do Valorant and Apex together. So it's really interesting to like hear their dynamic together. And then like um, Artie actually mentioned at the top of the podcast, he was like, I think I've casted with, with me more than he has with his current podcast host. Mm-hmm. And he's like, these, it, it's not like I'm bashing on you or anything, but it just feels different. It feels weird uh, knowing that you, um, that, you know, my podcast host is this new guy and like, we've been on everything together since then and i'm like yeah, it's fine it's fun so um yeah that, that was a good talk uh if you guys want to check it out i will send matt a link and we can figure that out it's also on my twitter if you want to check that out give me a reason to post to our socials again please i'm very bad at it oh, okay uh yeah I'll, I'll go find that for you um and then i also made a demo reel for pokemon unite so i'm trying to slowly make a push for uh for worlds trying to get there um for the pokemon world championships and a whole bunch of other like things as well um but yeah there's there's just a lot going on in the worlds of esports and i'm trying to keep up and on top of it um in terms of what games i can cast and what scenes i want to be a part of so it's really exciting to know that all of that is coming up and has already gone this weekend but uh I'll, I'll update you on what's happening this weekend as well if we if i do end up going to it i think i think i am going to go to it so um I'll, I'll update you on a future thing probably at the end of the podcast uh how about you matt how was your week how's everything going uh it's been going well it's been really weird and like on one hand really busy on the other hand not so um i picked up an assistant directing gig last week for a play um and it's a it's an original play it's like the first time that it's ever been performed it was written by um two guys that i i know and they have their own like theater company so uh they reached out to me to assistant direct so i'm doing i'm starting to do that i'm not we're not like fully into it yet we're just starting so i'm only there like maybe once or twice a week um but i need to learn how to operate lights and sound and everything so that's gonna be fun it's another uh 
another thing to add to my resume, another certification that I have another skill that I can do. So that's been fun and interesting. Um, what else have I done? Didn't do much Friday. On Saturday, um, I hung out with my friend Esme and we went hiking in Malibu, which was, it was fun, but it was like, it was, it was not, uh, I mean, the last time I went hiking was a year before that. There's a, a trail by my house that's like fairly easy. It's not, I think it's maybe three miles out and then three miles back. Um, it's not difficult. It's just long. Um, this trail that we went to goes through like the hills in Malibu. It's called Solstice Canyon. And like at the top, you get a very nice view of the ocean. But the thing is, it's at the top and there's a, it's, it's fairly steep at some points and there's a lot of stairs and me not being in any fit physical shape. Um, I, I, uh, it was difficult for me. And there was a point where I felt like I was going to pass out. Like we stopped after a little bit to, um, to like let other people pass and like, just take a breather. And when we stopped, that was, that was our mistake. Cause then I'm like, Oh wait, now I can, now everything's catching up to me. My vision's swimming. I need to sit down. So uh, that was like the only low point of that hike. After that, we went to go get breakfast um, at this place called more than waffles, which was fantastic. Um, like honestly, probably some of the best waffles I've ever had. Um, then we went back to her place, we painted and then we made dinner and then we watched Bo Burnham's inside special on Netflix. Yeah. It's so one. good. My God. It's a good one. I like at first I, I didn't like Bo Burnham until recently. Like I've, I've seen some of his YouTube stuff and it was like, okay, but it didn't make me laugh until, yeah. um, my brother and his girlfriend had me watch one of his other specials and I'm like, okay, this is okay. Yeah. And then while we were painting, uh, we watched a couple episodes of Bojack. Then we watched his 2013 show, which I didn't know he was around yeah. since 2013. Zach Stone is going to be famous. Yeah. That, that was like a short movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. Like it, it, I only saw two episodes, but I'm like, Okay, when I when I get through through a lot of the other things in my um in my watch list, I need to go back in this because it's so it's so cringeworthy, but in a good way. Like yeah. I applaud all of the the um the extras and the cast for just not breaking out laughing every time he does something stupid, because it's just so absurdly ridiculous that I oof as a, I I would not be able to keep my composure if Bo Burnham was doing this stupid stuff in front of me, like I would be busting a gut. Um, but no, I've been playing the inside album on repeat. Like as I'm working, like the 30 song, my dude, it's yeah, it was... just, it hurts me because we're, tw- we're turning 27 this year, Kevin. Yeah. That you, hurts you, me. You, you like, you like 30. Is that your favorite song or. <sighs> I like that one. I like the internet one and white yeah. woman's Instagram. Yeah. White woman's Instagram is like really good. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's so accurate and it's, yeah. it's, it's just like, well done. it's a well done satirical takedown without being too offensive, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and one of the things that like, I, if we're still going on about Bo Burnham, Oh, um, please go on about Bo Burnham. It's like, um, I appreciate that he plays to camera. 
That is something mm-hmm. that like he mentions in, in in like interviews and stuff later down the line, but he knows that he's filming a special. And even if it's a show at first, he'll do the show and then he'll go back and be like, okay, we need to take retakes of this scene and this scene so it works for uh so it works for when we release it as a special. Mm-hmm. And so like um if you, you saw like the, the Kanye one where he's talking about like his hands being too big for a Pringle scan. Uh-huh. Uh, um, like that whole thing was filmed like he did one of them in front of like the true crowd right and the crowd was all into it and then he like all of his close-up shots are him alone like after the show doing it oh. doing it again so like you have a mix of both of them and he's mixing the audio from both of them to make it one like continuous like thing and it, it works really well and I, I i just appreciate that about him mm-hmm. just a little bit more that's interesting i did not know that because like most comedians i feel like when they film a special they'll do the one and then they're done yeah they'll and, the and that's take. how it's normally done that's an interesting detail i didn't know that about him that's yeah he takes his like he understands that this is going to be a different medium later so it's better to get pick up shots and do extra things to make sure that it works both ways like when you're there yeah you're going to get an experience but also mm-hmm. if you happen to catch it you know on a, at a different time for a special you still have a really good experience it's not just yeah you know what happened then um he, he has a lot more ideas that come across right um, right and then when you saw inside you know he he had his own way of controlling the camera and you have like moments where he is actually being vulnerable and like telling you about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how hard it is to, to do yeah. this whole thing. Um, but you could also still tell, like he understands where his camera placement is and mm-hmm. why it works so well. So that was one of the things that like, we were, we were wondering when we were watching it, it's like how much of, of that vulnerability and like that, if you watch the special, there's parts where he's like breaking down, like how much of that is actually genuine and how much of that is, is character and playing and acting and like playing to the theme of the special is one of the questions that we had. And like, I don't think we'll ever know, but I don't, it, it's weird because like, I can see how, and this is just going on another, another tangent, but like, I can see how, um, well, cause he, he doesn't, he lives with his girlfriend, right? He doesn't live alone. Right. Like that's his, yeah, because that's the same I, building that I saw in like one of his other specials. So he he he's not technically alone. It's like his. It's he, like behind his parents' house or something like right. that. Right. He lives he lives with other people. So he's not like he. It's not like he uh, he's alone. He's at yeah. He's as alone as he's presenting himself in the special. But like having just worked on this single project for so long and having like put so much time and effort into it and just with everything going around in the world plus like. Uh, he mentions that he does have anxiety and other um uh, and other issues that he's kind of working through like i can see how someone would kind of be pushed to the edge like that but also there's the fact that he really isn't as alone as he he's presenting himself to be and like he is an actor as well so this is just an interesting question that we were wondering as we were watching it not to take away from the performance fantastic like i said it's like i i didn't appreciate the genius of bo burnham until i watched this 
But then on Sunday, I don't remember what I did Sunday <laughs> to go back to, to that. Um, Sunday, I don't, I don't think I did anything. I think I, I went out, had brunch, and then went home and slept a lot. And then yesterday was Valentine's Day. Um, didn't do anything, did work, was, was single. I asked that my friend, and she said she's open to, uh, to pursuing things non-platonically. So that's a good sign. Um, and then celebrated Singles Awareness Day yesterday by not doing anything. And then today, I didn't do anything. So it's a lot of not doing anything. Yeah, I I feel that hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I've been like I tweeted about it earlier today, but I was I've been playing this game with Pokemon Unite. Um, we're waiting on a new Pokemon release, like a new character to come out. Um, and I've been doing this series that I just started up called Poke Concepts, where I talk about what would this Pokemon look like if it were in the game. Yeah, and I'm waiting on the next one, <laughs> and I'm like, I know it's a support. Um. But I have two scripts done, and now I'm just waiting for them to be like, if it's one of them, I will have to announce the other one as as my pick. But I, I honestly think that they're going to be safe. They're going to pick like one that they've had since beta. Mm-hmm. But um, and then I've also like I have another fun script like lined up, and I'm I'm ready to kind of like work on the social media half, but it's just a lot of planning <laughs> like i wasn't expecting this much planning to go into uh to just pokemon unite videos yeah so you never you never really expect how much planning goes into something until you're actually doing it so yeah whoops <laughs> <laughs> um is that it for the housekeeping i feel like we've covered We've gone on, on on with a a fairly long banter bit already. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that's everything that we need to announce. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl halftime show was good. Oh wait, how, yeah, how did you think about the Super Bowl? I was going to ask you. I thought the I thought the Rams were going to lose after like they they just what was it immediately as the second quarter started like immediate yeah. touchdown from the from the Bengals. Yeah, and like. I'm from the Bay, and so, like, everybody here wants the Rams to lose just because, like, uh, they have the rivalry with the 49ers. Yeah. And so, like, we've we've heard it all. Like, they're it's just, it's very Bengals, like, favored up here. And I'm just like, man, I'm just here to watch the weird commercials. Right. And uh, I'm here to watch the commercials. Ooh. And uh, and watch the halftime show because I, I was actually looking forward to the halftime show. I thought it was uh, good. I did not yeah, expect Eminem to come out, but when he did, it's like, oh, I, I didn't know what the halftime show was. I just knew it was Snoop. And then yeah. Eminem came out, and that was like that was the moment for me. It's like, yes. For me, it was um, the, there was two moments. Like I knew it was, I knew the lineup was Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, uh, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. So I was like, that's first of all, that's an all star lineup. And I was oh, yeah. like, the the thing that surprised me was like they got Fifty Cent out of whatever hole he was in. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, and I was like, yo, in the I club starts playing. Yeah, he retired. He he stopped like doing rap, and like he he comes out and he opens with like the iconic shot of him hanging upside down doing like pull ups from like the or not pull ups doing like sit ups from the ceiling, and that's from 
in the club the music video mm-hmm. and then on top of that they had anderson pack on the drums for uh for eminem when he was doing lose yourself and a lot of people like a lot of people were like what why why what's anderson pack doing there and i'm like oh man if bruno mars pops out of nowhere i'm gonna lose it but like at the same time i'm like he's in la he's from oxnard he's he's close he's he's a local kid so it must be something with like dre pulling him up or um they're saying like hey you know what if you want to play lose yourself here we can we could hang out but i i really enjoyed the show i liked the visuals i liked how they set things up um i'm surprised how quickly they were able to set up the whole stage um i was able to I saw a video of them setting it up and it was like five minutes in and out. And I was like, that, that is insane. So that is, that is a magical feat in itself. Yeah. Cause like the, the quarter, like the halftime like starts, right. They got to roll everything out there. And, and then like when they're done, they just have to put everything away without like destroying the field. So yeah, it's, re- it's really impressive. I enjoyed the halftime show. I enjoyed some of the commercials. Like I liked the um the the cable guy one with Jim Carrey. I yeah. liked the Doritos one with all the animals. What I mm-hmm. didn't like was how many goddamn commercials were taken over by the Crypto Bros. Yeah. I I absolutely hated that. I tweeted about it. But just I hated it so much. That like ruined honestly that ruined the Super Bowl for me. It's just how much money they're giving these or how much time like an airwaves these crypto bros are taking like crypto is a scam we've said i'm I'm gonna repeat it in the next story but crypto is a scam yeah it's just a matter of like i feel like it's gonna be a fad it's gonna burn out pretty quick oh Um, please and people just people just don't understand how how that operates so um yeah that and you know we'll we'll talk about the uh std i mean nft stuff later (laughs) um but yeah we'll we'll get into that for sure um yeah actually we'll we'll get into it right now so magic the gathering fans um well it's not all all of them there's a a specific subset of them and, and there's this one community of uh magic the gathering fans that um they, they decided that they love Magic the Gathering and they loved NFTs. So what do they do? They make NFTs out of Magic the Gathering cards. Um, and it's not, it's not like, it's not like they took conceptually stuff from Magic the Gathering and made it like an NFT. No, they like legitimately took Magic the Gathering cards that already exist and are already digitized in like the games and made NFTs out of them. And in order to try to like pull a fast one on Wizard of the Coast's lawyers, they they said that you can only you can only make NFTs or get NFTs from them out of cards that you already either own physically or digitally in the game. And that like they're not a substitute for like the actual game playing cards. This is just if you wanted to collect NFTs. Um, and then the, uh, the wizards of the coast legal team essentially said, yeah, this is cute. Knock it the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the correct answer. Don't, don't mess with them. Yeah. They're they like, w- no, this is illegal. You can't legally do this. You're, you're blatantly violating copyright law. 
So yay for that, but also like can't can't fully applied Wizards of the Coast here because they also said that um quote while Wizards is currently evaluating its future plans regarding NFTs and Magic the Gathering cards, no decision has been made at this time. Use of NFTs in connection is strictly prohibited. So they're thinking about doing NFTs. So it's a little bit of a bittersweet thing here. Like I respect Wizards of the Coast for what they've done for geekdom, but that's kind of knocked down with them going into the NFT thing. Like I get maybe like business wise, it makes sense for them to look into it, but you really don't have to, you can just be smart and say no to that. Like, yeah, you just, yeah, just don't, don't get messed with it. Just keep what you got. I mean, they're success. They're plenty successful enough without it. Look at magic, the gathering, look at um, dungeons and dragons. Look at everything else they do. <laughs> Literally everything else they do. Literally, they have so much going on. They don't need this. You really don't. No one wants it except for this weird subset of people trying to, trying to pull a fast one on you. And that should tell you everything you need to know about NFTs. It's just people pulling a fast one on you. Um, okay, so I honestly think this is probably like, um, I forget what the, the last really weird story that we did was, but this one's kind of, this one's kind of up there, not as weird, but also just like, what the actual hell? Um, so apparently three teenagers in Russia were, um, were arrested and only, and one of them has been jailed by the Russian government for allegedly planning to blow up one of the um the russian spy headquarter buildings so like well on its face that does sound like a um a jailable offense like right if you wanted to blow up a a government building kevin you would you would go to jail for that right yeah for sure the pro the, the difference here is that they were planning on blowing it up in minecraft like they had built they had built a replica of this building in Minecraft and they were going to blow it up in Minecraft. <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> so a little bit more like of the the nuance in the details around this story. So there were three teenagers and they had been previously in trouble with the Russian government for distributing like pamphlets that were uh well they were uh how to how to phrase this um i don't know whether i trust russia or not russia please don't come and get us for this um <laughs> please really we're, we're just we're two we're just two dudes on a podcast please don't we're not we're not your enemies i mean we don't like you but we're not your enemies uh <laughs> i'm gonna stop saying that but like yeah so uh the, the plans were to like According to the the phones that they seized from these guys, they had built this building in Minecraft, and we're gonna blow it up in Minecraft. Um, oh, there it is. So this, so they they were originally charged for being terrorists, but those charges were dropped because there wasn't enough evidence. What they were accused of was being part of a, a an anarchist group called New Greatness. That was, and they were 
distributing pamphlets that were anti-Putin and wanted they wanted to overthrow the uh, um, the the Putin government, but uh, they're alleging that these charges are false and fabricated. Um, the one kid who was actually sentenced was sentenced to five years in a penal colony under charges of training for terrorist activities. The two other kids that were picked up for this um, were given suspended sentences because they cooperated with the investigation. So um, while on one hand, like it's kind of ridiculous that they're getting thrown in jail for Minecraft. You have to realize you're in Russia, my guy. Like Putin is there. It's not a, it doesn't seem like a very friendly place right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't go around uh, when, when that guy is still here. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, even in the U S like, I feel like it would be, you would be fine if you did it here, but like, that's evidence that could be used against you. If you are picked up, like you probably wouldn't be thrown in jail for it here or thrown into a penal colony even worse but like it's just asking for something bad to happen yeah um and our second russia story so apparently there is a uh a a wedding stories expansion pack for the sims 4 um it it adds the ability to create more detailed weddings in uh, in The Sims. According to IGN, the uh, I haven't watched the trailer for it, but according to them, the trailer centers around uh, two women who are planning their wedding in The Sims. Initially, Russia said that this would not be allowed to be distributed in Russia because they have... Um, some anti-LGBT regulations in place, but now apparently Russia has walked that back that they are letting it into Russia, but the game does have an 18 plus rating because of this. And um, a lot of Russia, Russia has these anti-LGBTQ laws, including like um, as of 2013, you're not allowed to market anything with LGBT content to children or anything that presents homosexuality as a societal norm. Um, It's, been labeled propaganda by russia Mm. Uh, (laughs) okay so yeah i mean at at the very least it's being allowed in russia it is unfortunate and it's unfortunate that it's not allowed to be purchased by anyone who's um who's under 18 because i mean there's plenty of queer folk in russia i i am willing to I would stake all of my money that I own that there is at least one queer person under the age of 18 in Russia that would really like to plan a virtual wedding. But alas, I am not a Russian politician. Thank God for that. <laughs> and it looks like because of, of this walk back from Russia, the entire world's distribution of this um, has been delayed by by a little bit until February 23rd. I don't know when the original release date was, but wow, Russia, you, you delayed the entire world on this. Fun. 
Yeah, this is just it's just weird. It's just why? <laughs> no, no idea. No idea. I mean, I I have an idea. It's the uh it's the control aspect of it all and the uh what's different than me is wrong, but I mean, Russia Russia's going to Russia. Um Where, was the, where is that? Okay. Um, so moving on, um, something interesting that happened in Pokemon as we move to more Nintendo-related things. Um, so Pokemon Arceus, uh, I haven't played. I haven't gotten that far. I'm in the second area now. I haven't had a chance to really play it in the last couple of days. Um, but according to a, a, few, a couple of hackers who have noodled around within the code of the game, um there is a they apparently have found a um a, a room that's kind of more representative of how typical pokemon games play like you know how in every single pokemon game like there's your bedroom where you have like the latest nintendo system and whatnot right kevin yeah so apparently um a couple of youtubers uh including the person who originally found this room called neko run they they located it within the source code of the game and they were able to find it and get into it. It includes like a Pikachu edition of the Nintendo Switch. Um, so the, the room exists. Uh, th- there's footage of it. It's got a TV. You have your bed. Um, you have a laptop. But the thing is about this is that this potentially is suggesting that we might get DLC for Pokemon Arceus that will maybe focus on a more modern era of the Hisui region, which would be very interesting. Yeah, it, it would be really interesting to see like we, we know that it it's supposed to be like a it's a modern room. But mm-hmm. if it is if it does open up to DLC, does this mean that it will have a tie-in with potentially Diamond and, and Pearl, the, the remake games, or is it something else? Um, but I do feel like it's, it is interesting to like, if we were to really look into it, there are, you know, there are newer, like things that we don't have, like, I mean, a Pikachu switch is pretty sick. Um, (laughs) but yeah, we have a lot that we can dissect. And another thing is just to see where, like, are they going to do like another one in the middle of it? Like showing, Okay, well, we know that these people are distant relatives of certain characters from the other one, you know? Right. Um, so are we going to see, like, them start referencing back to Legends now that it's, like, a patch in, uh, you know, in Brilliant Diamond and, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? Like, are those options? Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just really interesting to think about uh yeah how are they going to tie this in and i mean for me personally like i think that we're good as is i would like to see them maybe explore this for other regions i feel like that would be really fun to to do Mm -hmm. as well which region would you like want to do most in which like generate i mean i don't know if you do this and if they if they did do another region would they just stick with like the pokedexes that were already like established for those games and those generations or would they like blend it now that there's more pokemon 
do you think? They'd probably end up blending it. I mean, uh, I, I don't think that they're... I'm trying to remember if you run into any Pokemon that are past Gen 5 that are in... Well, I mean, like, besides the starters, right? Like, you have the you have an Alolan starter and you have a, uh, a Gen 6 starter with, with Oshawott. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, you have a bunch of different starters that you that you have um i would like them to personally i would like to see them explore like the i would like to see them explore johto and i think johto would be fun just to look at that and their ties to kanto and if they want to do kanto as like another game i'd be totally okay with that um I, i forgot who i was discussing this with but we were saying i'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Legends Arceus isn't necessarily the, like, it's not the prettiest game. Like, you're not going to get, like, the highest graphics quality game out of, you know, Nintendo or Game Freak. Uh, <laughs> you know, nobody went and played Pokemon for the graphics, you know. Um, <laughs> but let's just say if they do upgrade, like, the Switch to, like, a, let's say if there is a Switch, like a new Switch or something like that that comes out. Um, updated graphics and everything, we can take what we've seen in Legends Arceus and now apply it to, you know, the next game and have like crisper, uh, you know, more clean visuals. But at the same time, I'm glad that they're not just rehashing the same game again mm-hmm. um, and and making us like you know play only Pokemon, Pokemon. Right, right. I mean, they, they, as long as they continue to develop the gameplay, like. It would be nice to have this game look super pretty, but that's something that can always come later. Like, I, I would rather them focus on the gameplay. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Just have nice gameplay first, and then you can worry about uh, you can worry about graphics later. So, in in more Nintendo news, like. This is the end of an era for for a little bit of Nintendo. Um, As Pokemon and the Switch continue to push further into the future, the 3DS and the Wii U are are facing the the end of their days. Um, The Nintendo shop is going to discontinue the the eShop for those platforms. Um, As of August 29th, 2022, it's not going to be possible to use eShop the eShop card to add funds to um, the eShop for those systems. Um, and as of May 23rd, um, it's not going to, you, you're not going to be able to use a credit card to, to buy anything. And then in 2023 uh, March, you'll still be allowed to, to download them, but like there's going to be no other real way to, I mean, you'll still be able to purchase games like, as going into 2023 but after that it's like the shop is gonna close yeah like that, you can't that words anything. yes um yeah and the thing is though when they announced this they had a, a section on their website that said um in the faq section once it's no longer possible to purchase software in nintendo eShop on wii u and the nintendo 3ds family of systems Many classic games for past platforms will cease to be available for purchase anywhere. Will you make classic games available to own some other way? If not, then why? 
doesn't Nintendo have an obligation to preserve its classic games by continually making them available for purchase? So their answer was, um, on the Switch, there's availability to purchase 130 games that are part of a a growing library, but there is no other plan to offer classic content outside of putting them and porting them on the Switch. Although within the past couple of days, they've taken that section down completely out of the FAQ. So they're, they're walking back even that aspect of support for these old games, which is a bit confusing and a bit concerning. And like, while like this day was always going to come like the Wii U, I don't think was a very successful system in the first place. And it's a fairly old system. The the 3DS and the the DS is like what they've lasted longer than I think they would. And like now that the Switch has come out, there's not really that much of an onus to have a, a DS because you have a portable system that's also a, a console that you can play at home. So I feel like they they've had a good run and their time is over. It is just. It is just unfortunate that, you're, that Nintendo is not supporting the, the libraries anymore. And again, this, this just adds more of an example as to why digital is not the way to go if you want to preserve content. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, there's some games, like, there's a lot of games, as a matter of fact, for Wii U and for the 3DS platform that only came over because of our ability to to download them through the shop um and it's really tough for you know for for me to pass that down knowing that if nintendo does not support this in the future like this game dies this game dies on this platform and if it if they were to erase something like we will never have a chance to to play the game ever again um one of them for me personally is Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix that was on the 3DS, one of my favorite games. And like, if my 3DS dies like the next day, like tomorrow, like I will never be able to play that game ever again. And it's it's really sad. Um, I do believe that Nintendo needs to have a way of allowing people to play the games again. Um, and it's really funny. I forgot like where I saw it. It was on Twitter somewhere. Um, I don't remember if I saved it or not. Um, but it was the 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 Patrick Star meme with uh, with Manta Ray, where like he drops his wallet. Oh yeah. And it was like <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like, so Nintendo, I'm a paying customer. Yeah. He's like, I I have money that I would like to use to not copy, to not pirate your game. Yes. And, and it's like, I'm willing to give you my money to play games on old systems. He's like, sorry, but the store is closed. And he's like, well, then I'll have to pirate it then. And then he's like, well, that is illegal. <laughs> Just like, but let me throw money at you. <laughs> and he's like, Mm, no <laughs> i'm just like come on bro like this whole thing is just if you 
If you don't want us to pirate your games, make your games available for us to purchase. Like, right. That is straight up. Like it, it's the easiest thing you could do. So just make that possible. And if, if they do that, if they ever do make that possible, we will, uh, we will definitely take advantage of it and play them. So yeah, it's like, make it happen. Nintendo doesn't want to, to preserve these games themselves. And when people try to preserve them and like with emulators and stuff, Nintendo steps in and says, no, you're not allowed to do the thing that, that we don't want to do. It's, it's just like, if you don't want to do it and you don't want to be the ones to preserve your own games, then let the community who loves these games preserve them. Like Nintendo is so litigious to the point where it's just, it's sometimes hard to be a Nintendo fan when the, the games that you're a fan of aren't available anywhere else. And Nintendo themselves is not giving you much of an option than to do it illegally. Yeah. It's like, you were either there when it happened or, or you never get to play it again. And that's why I'm, I'm still a big like proponent of uh, I'm a big proponent of setting up a, a cafe or not a cafe, more of a museum of like mm. of video game history. And a lot of people are like, well, why would you do that when, you know, games are old? And I'm like, there's going to be a point where people will not be able to have an option or even a chance to experience some of these games and it's important i feel like not only for game development but also for like also just to like let people know like hey these games did exist and like it we're always learning and trying to learn about newer games as we move forward so like for example like if, if we want to go into there's a video done by noodle recently talking about like the evolution of need for speed and how like need for speed has like this crazy like history with it going back from like EA made weird game about cargo fast. Right. <laughs> and then everybody and their, and their mom got on board when fast and the furious started becoming a thing. And then need for speed tried to tie itself to the fast and the furious. And then everybody just like benefited from that. And so it's just crazy to to know that history and not be able to experience that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like it, we need to have like a video game, either a video game library or a museum that allows people to say like, hey, I want to try out this game or, hey, I want to play classic Pong. I want to see how that game plays now compared to like, you know, Mario Strikers or something like that. You want to know how, you know, as things started off, it would be not only a really good, like, learning tool about teaching people of, like, you know, gamification of of stuff, but also just, like, a really cool way of, of showing these are what games used to be like, and this is how far we've come. Right. It's just, it's fun to see progress sometimes, you know? But Nintendo doesn't want us to see progress. So um, hopefully if you if you own those systems and you, there's still stuff that you want to get, you have a little bit of time. Again, you have really until August of this year to add funds into your account. Um, and like you have into next year, at least until March, to start purchasing the games that you do want to keep. So 
best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah, get get rid of them having Mega Mix. It's it's good. Um, you know what else? I, what I hope is finally going to be good, Kevin. Cyberpunk. Mm. Cyberpunk is finally going to next gen systems. I mean, I didn't have too much issues with it on um, PS4. I there were bugs. There were a ton of bugs. I will admit that I did run into, but nothing that was like especially game breaking that I couldn't fix with just like a reload save file. Um, but it's finally going to be on Xbox Five, uh, not Xbox Five, Xbox Series X and S, and the PS Five. Um, there are a few the the updates to so what you're gonna have to do is if you have it on your um your system you have to like do a 50 gigabyte update and then transfer the data over but there's also like some fun dlc like you can own another apartment or you can cosmetic change yourself a little bit more um and some just quality of life improvements to the game like the NPCs are going to respond a little bit more lifelike, um, things like that. So overall, it should be a better experience. I don't know, though, if at this point people are really going to care just because of the debacle that the game was originally. I feel like even though I personally really did enjoy Cyberpunk, I don't think that the rest of the gaming populace who didn't, like, who who didn't play the game originally when it originally came out and didn't give the chance. Like there's, there's not much incentive for them to play it now. Um, even though if you look at games like the Witcher three were had similar development histories where it was really buggy at first, but through repeated patches, it became like this shining example of what an open world game could be. Um, I don't think cyberpunk has that, uh, that nostalgia for fans and that dedicated following that the Witcher series had because the Witcher was books before there were two games before it. So um, I feel like this update and these patches are a little bit too late for cyberpunk to really have as much impact and reach as it could have had, had the development been smoother and the launch been handled more carefully. Yeah. If they took their time with it, you know, we would have, we, we just wouldn't have a big problem overall. So I just hope that, uh, if anything, we learned from the process of, uh, don't rush your games. Uh, we, we will enjoy them when they come out, you know? Right. So, so let, let's test this. Kevin, have you played cyberpunk before? Uh, I have not. Do you have any inclination to play cyberpunk now? Uh, no. <laughs> See? See, Project Red? Kevin, have you have you ever played The Witcher? Uh no. Do you have any inclination to play The Witcher? Um only if it's paid for by someone else. <laughs> if it was free, would you play it? Cuz it it has been free before. Uh I think I would do it for content, but like Okay. It it it's just a personal thing with me. Like I get lost in those games way too easily. Oh yeah. And then, we were, we were and talking I'll, about this. I'll just be like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where, where I am. I'm lost. At least in legends Arceus, I could just be like camp here. I can, I can go <laughs> home. 
but like you know other games you just kind of get stuck there and i'm like i'll come back like two or three months later and not know where i'm where i'm at but between so between like the witcher or cyberpunk which would you rather play uh i would probably end up playing the witcher okay just because they have gwent right oh yeah gwent is a good content thing yeah and i I like card games so like if there's a story behind the card game i'm i'm down to try like i've heard gwent is like actually a very solid card game yeah and i heard it has like a really big following too so i'm I'm a little interested Mm -hmm. well i mean my experiment didn't go fully as as i had expected but you get the picture like people don't people who weren't very invested and like don't have a, a very high affinity for something like cyberpunk not really gonna play it now like i don't unless they come out with some really good dlc content i don't know if i'm ever going to revisit it but i did enjoy it when i played it um but i feel like for the majority of players they're not going to feel that way until maybe years down the line when it's polished to a nice bright sheen um but now that we've gotten the other news out of the way, let's talk about the Overwatchy things. Yay. Yay! Things that we were actually hired initially to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so the league is coming back. We have a date, May fifth. May fifth. Hooray! Everybody, mark your calendar. We get to watch some some games. Kevin, tell us more about what we are going to be expecting from the um, Overwatch League on the fifth. Yeah, so Overwatch League coming back on the 5th does not mean that we're going to have the same rules as the last season for sure. Um, obviously, last season was like torn all over the place due to COVID and restrictions. Um, but now we have the juice. Uh, it still is going to be split up into regions just for the ease of learning or like the ease of like getting people in. Um, seven teams in the eastern region and then uh 13 in the west uh the east region is consisted of uh Chengdu, Guangzhou, Hangzhou, uh the LA Valiant, uh the Philadelphia Fusion, Seoul Dynasty and Shanghai Dragons. Meanwhile, the west is going to be consistent of Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Florida, Houston, London, Los uh the LA Gladiators. New York, Paris, SF, uh, Toronto, Vancouver, and Washington. So, like, pretty much the mainland uh, NA versus, uh, like, the, the APAC region is how it's going to work. Um, the, the really weird part that we were breaking down is, like, there's not going to be a lot of cross-pollination. Rather, that they are going to have a different, like, different way of executing the the season so the east is going to be playing a round robin which in other words is like each team is going to end up playing each team a certain amount of times um meanwhile the west is going to be facing off against every team twice so 24 games for them and then meanwhile uh the round robin thing will mean that all of them will face each other three times so it evens out that way um it is just a very like they they are about to announce the schedule pretty soon so we have that to look forward to if there are any matches that we're looking to circle um 
definitely take a peek at that once we start getting into the season again. A couple of other changes. Um, they're adding in an extra week, I believe, into each um, each tournament lead up just so that there, there's more of a uh, a chance for teams to to beef up their their records and, and demonstrate their skill. Um, they're adding in another tournament called the Midseason Madness Global Tournament um, to the postseason just to add in more games as well. Um, the prize pool is going to be at least a million dollars for the midseason and postseason tournaments um, each. So that's a million dollars each there. Um, but for now, I think that's really all that we know about the league. Like Kevin said, they're going to be announcing the schedule very soon. But at least we know that there is a league planned for this year. I know there are a lot of questions, especially after the league was purchased or not the league after Blizzard AB or ABK was purchased by Microsoft. Um, and especially coming out of last year with all of the, um, the inability to really capitalize on the initial plan for funding for the league, which was through the events and the, uh, the, 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 people coming to see it live and the ability for teams to to really market that way and earn funding that way but it's coming back they're planning on at least having some in-person events this year so maybe we can start to see a little bit more life more funding and more attention into the league from blizzard because there is potential to make at least some money back yeah, and that's another thing, like, we we did mention it last week, I believe, um, that ABK is trying to hand off the Overwatch League to a third party. Um, what production value will they add, and are they on board as well to try to do um, some homestands and stuff like that? Because I feel like a lot of the investors are still in the game thinking that they can get their money back from homestands, and... I personally want to go to one. I want to see what, you know, what does an Overwatch League event feel like compared to the Overwatch get-togethers that I used to go to uh, when I was a brand ambassador for the San Francisco Shock. Like, what is the difference? Um, is it, it... Obviously, the difference is, like, the players are going to be there if it is a homestand. But, um, like, how different will the crowd be and how will they set that up and right. everything works so um we actually do have the schedule for the first weekend if anybody is interested in uh in those matchups i could rattle that off real quick so on thursday may 5th which is going to be the start of the season uh we have the gladiators versus the excelsior the eternal versus the shock and the rain versus the mayhem on Friday, we are going to have the Dragons versus the Fusion, the Titans versus the Uprising, the Shock versus the Spitfire, and the Outlaws versus the Fuel. So a good way to kind of, you know, second day of, of the season, going to be a good one to look out for. So, Battle for Texas. Battle for Texas on, on the Friday of the start of the league. Um, Saturday, May 7th, it's going to be the Hunters versus the Dragons. Um it's, they said that's an encore. I'm trying to figure out where they play. Oh, no, it's the encore of it because it starts at uh, 6 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so 
Encore of uh, the Hunters vs. Dragons, then Justice Defiant, Excelsior Reign, and then Gladiators Uprising. Um, and then Sunday's games are the Spark versus the Dynasty, the Titans versus the Spitfire, the Mayhem versus the Eternal, the Fuel versus the Justice, and the Outlaws versus the Defiant. So definitely a lot of interesting things to look out for. Um, we have the first week down. And we know that there are going to be a lot of games being played. I'm excited to finally see what, if anything, they've changed from learning from the last season and how it's going to factor into how they, how they make it work this season. Cause they've had the experience doing everything remotely. And now that there's potential to do things live, I think maybe they'll, they'll figure out a good system plus like even when it is remote they they know hopefully what they're doing now i'm interested to see how the talent shakes it shapes up especially now that they've gotten rid of um brennan's sideshow so yeah there's gonna be a lot that's different this season and i hope that it works uh i got to see brennan sideshow do valorant and they're they're very good still i mean yeah i've heard that they're they're still like kicking ass as casters just for a different sport they are so it's just really interesting to see what happens with the league because yeah i i am on board with trying to figure out like who is going to be next in line uh to fill in those shoes and how is it gonna look what's the league gonna look like uh moving forward and another thing that i saw just to clarify uh uber is still under contract and he he said, my contract ends at the end of this year, but it's going to be really interesting to understand like how crazy the, the talent is going to be this year. Because I feel, he says, I feel like it's more important now than it has been in the previous couple of years to be a really good talent uh, on the Overwatch League. Because a lot of people are saying, you know, this, this game is slowly is becoming a lot slower there's a lot less people involved but at the same time like you want to have engagement one way or another so yeah if you're a good caster you happen to be on the desk you happen to be you know analytical and people want to hear you on the cast you can definitely have a peek and maybe even have a chance at it so i'm i'm excited to see a lot of the contenders people move up um but we will see how it shapes up uh in the in the near future One of the things that is is not going to be coming back, at least for now, is Jonak. Um, Jonak has been with us, I believe, since the inaugural season, right? Yeah, first season. Yeah, so Jonak has been a mainstay, a fan favorite, and a staple of the Overwatch League. Obviously, MVP had his own octopus skin, which is amazing. But um, a couple of days ago, we found out that, at least for now, he is taking a break from esports um according to his twit longer he is he, he's experiencing some health issues that have been getting steadily worse and in order to take care of himself he needs to step away and take a break as he calls it we don't know if that means he's going to just end up retiring completely if he's going to find a new sport eventually or if this is just the end of his esports career, but 
I think that it it's good that he's recognizing that he needs to prioritize his health first so that he doesn't burn out and then just end up unhealthy. Yeah, I, I would much rather have Jonak take a break and then come back um, rather than trying to force his way through another season. Um, we do understand, you know, it is a tough profession to continue to grind. Like, I can't grind Unite, like, every single day because I'll, I'll lose my mind. But, uh, <laughs> but like, to the professional players, like, that's that's your job. That's what you get paid for. So, yeah, I can only imagine just take your time come back if you want uh i wouldn't mind seeing you as a coach manager like those are always options there's a lot of options uh but yeah it it feels really like i don't know if it's just me but i feel like i'm really old watching a lot of these players like retire and now seeing all these new like younger talents coming back in and seeing where everybody lands and ends up so yeah and especially like you know coming closer to the season date you know they're, they're saying may um we're gonna start getting those roster announcements and that's gonna be exciting to see xz also tried to join the um he he signed with the dallas fuel originally um played with them for i think it was like three months or so um and then he tried to sign with the la valiant so that he can go and play, you know, closer to home um, and just kind of chill there. Um, people remember his retirement video in April of 2021, uh, where with the Dallas Fuel, he said, like, I, I plan to retire. Um, and he was citing, you know, he wants to take a break for his own health reasons. Um, and it, it was talking about, like, he had spine issues, scoliosis and other spinal uh, health complications. So taking time away to fix that. Um, but yeah, he, he was signed, he, he retired. And then now he's trying to make a push to come back with the LA Valiant, um, to maybe just sign him to like a quick 30 day contract, maybe see how it works. But, uh, that has also fallen through and, it is just really tough for, you know, XE to make a way back into the league. Um, I know that there's a lot of teams who would want to have him on the team for sure. So I, I don't see him not being on a team. It just depends on which team wants him more. Um, but it's really interesting that, you know, even the LA Valiant, um, who has like a pretty solid DPS lineup right now, um, are going to, like they're passing on Xe, and I don't know if this means that he needs to like rejoin with Sparkle, do the thing again, um, or if this just means something uh, else later down the line. So we'll we'll see where people end up. Um, so next we are going to talk about the experimental patch that has come through and already been nerfed for whatever reason. I don't know why they they fixed it so fast. Um, but the original one came out on the 10th. There were four content creators and um, just Overwatch personalities that worked on this one. Um, so ML7 did the support heroes. Lemon Kiwi did the tank heroes. And Jake and Wanted touched up the damage heroes. 
Um, there was a lot that changed in that. I think it was just in general a very fun patch, but also like on the 16th, they like I said, they changed it again. So I'm not like I don't know in particular what we want to talk about. I, I have a couple that I played and tried that I thought were really interesting. Um overall, how did you feel about the patch, Kevin? Oh, it, it was definitely fun. It's one of those mm-hmm. things where like I, me being the old man with the walkers now um, <laughs> in terms of overwatch years, it's like going all the way back to like the first patch where you're just like, things right. are weird. Like, I don't know what half these things do, but like they're, they're fun. Like, you know how to pilot the, the characters still, but most of their abilities don't work the same way as they do in the current client. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just really fun to like go through an experiment um the the thing that i would say is like we sh- we should go over like the busted things and then if there's anything that is that change that you think is like way too big uh uh-huh. we can we could touch on that okay that's fair that's fair that sounds like a good idea so let's kick it off like what do you think is absolutely busted from this patch oh i i liked what lemon kiwi did a lot on these tanks i'm <laughs> oh, not gonna no. lie um First of all, the the thing that is uh the charge, the pin from Reinhardt. Um mm-hmm. you could pin multiple targets, which which means you can catch out more than more people uh in one go. So uh Lemon Kiwi actually tweeted out a uh a clip of some person who got four pins on Reinhardt uh just by like turning around and falling off the map but getting four of them in the entire fight and i'm like that's a good trade that that is a good trade you trade your one of ryan for four players that's like half their team it's worth it um yeah there's just a lot that that went through here um and the first thing that like i looked at was there was a thing that said uh global cap for movement speed is at plus 75 percent which usually only applies to lucio since lucio is like the only character that has movement speed things Mm -hmm. um but once you start reading the patch notes you're like oh other things give movement speed now i get it so it's really cool to see what those do and how weird the characters can get in some moments like with zarya like putting the bubble on somebody gives them like a 50 percent boost on movement speed now Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it still blocks the same amount too. So it's more of just like you're getting energy and speed to to back out, which mm-hmm. for Zarya was really fun. Um, it gives you more savability rather than just being like, I'm going to bubble you to prolong your inevitable death. But you, yeah. you could actually get out in certain fights. I think the changes to Sigma and Wrecking Ball were fairly interesting. Like I... um. For for Sigma, like his attack, instead of like the two hyperspheres with like a brief break in between, it was one projectile per shot, um, down from two, but the the shot was reduced from 1.2 seconds to 0.5 seconds. So it's literally just like a constant stream of just like shot, 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 which was I feel like I prefer it. I prefer that honestly because it's more consistent. What I didn't like was what the change to his shield it was like literally impossible to control because the, the experimental barriers cooldown to move it is like normally one second, right? Mm-hmm. It's changed to 0.1 second. So like 
you can flash it literally immediately, but it it the, the cost is that it's like pretty for me at least I I wasn't able to call it back. Like it's just the way that the button input worked and the timing of the shield barrier was that if I tried to like put my shield away so it could recharge, it would just end up casting it out again. So it was a little bit difficult to um to really manipulate and recharge the shield. So it was it ended up just being kind of like just burn it and then get it back and just hopefully you don't die in between. Um, accretion yeah. was a bit interesting because now you get an extra charge after you you hit somebody else. So there's a little bit more value there. And I honestly, I love accretion as an ability. Um, and then for the kinetic grasp, like you're immune to crowd control. So it gives a like, I, I think that he kind of needed that. It just make, it honestly makes sense with what he's doing. He's putting a mini black hole in his hand so like getting hit with a rock when you're doing a mini black hole doesn't really make sense to stop the black hole honestly you know yeah it it was a really interesting change because like sometimes you could get out of like crazy things like you think you could get hooked you just kinetic grasp and save yourself mm -hmm. so it, it's cool that like he he can't really duck behind a barrier as much but he can survive a lot longer yeah. which is a really interesting thing that they did with sigma mm-hmm and for Wrecking Ball, I think the, the interesting thing that they did with him was uh, Minefield blinded people when you got hit with it. Yeah, it's uh, you wanted a flashbang? You, <laughs> you want to play, play some Valorant for, for a hot second? Uh, we, we got that for you. Uh, and it just happens to be the hamster. So, yeah, that was a, that was a really interesting change as well. If we want to talk about uh, the next big guy, we'll talk about Roadhog. Um, yeah, his hook is way faster. It's uh, it just brings you in quicker if you weren't afraid of the hook already. Um, yeah, seventy-five percent movement speed pull increase. It's yeah, it's just like you you feel the hook and then you're in. Like he's already there. Like moving um, at that speed, your neck's broken already. So you just yeah, kind of dead. Um, the take a breather thing was a little interesting too. It's like, it's not a flat number. It's not like exactly half, um, but it heals you more if you're staying close to allies. So it does promote like being more of a team player rather than being off on your own and trying to just get, mm -hmm. you know, well hooks or something like that. You actually have a reason to be close to the team, uh, not only to heal yourself, but um, also to to help your teammates actually secure kills. Yeah. Um, it also heals your, your teammates, which is like how I can see them making Roadhog like a single main tank. Yeah. when Overwatch two comes out. Yeah. It's, it's, he's going to absorb a lot of damage and then just being able to heal everybody in kind of like a small uh, area effect would really be really good. Um, but yeah, that you know, whole hog doesn't knock back opponents, so they just take damage now. It's uh, that was a that was another thing that I was like, okay, we don't we don't have the push or the fly anymore, but we do mm -hmm. have the uh, we just have just straight damage, which is pretty scary as is. Yeah, it also allows him to die a little bit more easily. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Overwatch two, they're looking at reducing crowd control anyway, right? Mm hmm. So, so like giving him a hook already is a lot of crowd control. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, doing this is it's also like it's really nice that you can chain uh the hook with the whole hog now. <laughs> um 
because when you used to pull a whole hog after you hook somebody, you'd just push them away. And like, yeah, they'd probably die in the process. But like, if you did it on a tank, you just hook them and then you push them away. And then there's really nothing that you can do about it. So I'm glad that like, even without the knockback, you still have a lot of like, you still have a lot of pressure coming out. Like you can't really peek into that roadhog. Yeah, right. So let's see, moving on to D.Va, they made it so that her primary damage doesn't do as much. Um, but defense matrix and boosters are a little bit quicker. So boosters time was cut in half to from four to two seconds. So you can zip around really quick. And then defense matrix now grants uh, 30% ult charge for blocking an enemy's ult. So it does help you out with getting your ult quicker. Um, and then the little thing is um, if you hold the jump key, you fall slower, which is, I mean, it, she's in a mech. Like, sure, let that happen. Uh, totally helpful. She's got rocket boosters. Yeah, just cushion the fall a little bit. Say they did the same thing with Farah, uh, slow fall and fast fall. So, uh, just give that give that option um, a thing. So, yeah, Winston pretty much uh, jump pack launches more people. Primal Rage gives you uh, a ridiculous amount of HP, but it decays quicker. Um, that is that is the trade off that they have there. Um, and then primary firing charges up a punch, so you could like DK punch people into walls. Uh, that is pretty fun. If you if you ever wanted to play a true Donkey Kong in uh in Overwatch, you just play Winston on this experimental patch. Like we've already said, like a lot of these have already been a little bit nerfed. Like as much as I was saying that the um the crowd control immunity for Sigma was. I think an important and a, a logical thing that's already been nerfed in the experimental patch already. So um, you win some, you lose some. I still, I really don't understand why they had to nerf it so quickly. It's just, it's just experimental. Um, I think they yeah. should have left it alone. It's funny how quickly they responded to this experimental patch and we had goats for like a year. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, did you think anything was like really big on the DPS heroes? Because I, I felt like it was mostly kind of fine with them. I don't think that anything was really game changing. Yeah, the the things with the with the damage characters, I feel like it's more of making everybody more viable mm -hmm. rather than um, trying to make them broken. Because we know <laughs> that there there are a lot of like characters that can do crazy things. Um, but yeah, like giving Genji another dash is pretty nice and stuff like that. Uh, giving uh -huh. concussive blast two charges is pretty nice. Um, so it's a little but, more like a quality of life improvement for that. Yeah. It, the, the funny thing that I was like, man, this has got Jake's name written all over it. Uh, was uh, Junkrat no longer has mm -hmm. footsteps. I was like, I was like, <laughs> my, my whole chat was just like, excuse me, what do you mean? This dude literally has a peg leg. Like, you should be able to hear that from like a mile away. Nah, he's so, stealthy. He's stealthy yeah, now. He he slithers on the ground now. That's how Junkrat <laughs> operates. Um, but yeah, a lot of these changes weren't like ridiculously crazy. It's more of, uh, we're gonna we're gonna experiment with a couple of these things and see how you you deal with the damage that we're going to be putting out from from this point forward yeah i think like besides the um the tanks like the support heroes really got a very interesting update to them 
Oh, like, I was happy about that. <laughs> oh my god! Like for me, um, the most interesting were, of course, everyone was talking about the the return of Big Res for yeah. Mercy. Like five men Res is a thing again, at least for this patch. Um, I think that also the Zenyatta orb changes and Symmetra's turret changes were fairly interesting. Uh, I hope that this is something that they bring into overwatch 2 especially with zenyatta um his orb of harmony gives an additional like two second ability on whoever you're tagging with so for example like the tanks got a two seconds of 20 percent damage reduction the um damage heroes got 10 percent movement speed and support heroes got increased healing from 30 to 40 per second and then symmetra is a support hero now in this patch instead of a dps hero and instead of doing damage the sentry turrets heal people which is like, as someone who hates playing against Symmetra's and just hates the character in general, like, please leave this. I would have no issue with Symmetra if you just use the turrets to heal instead of just like being like brain dead damage. I just, I can just sit here and watch you all die. Yeah, I, I like this change actually. It was, it allows for bunker comps, but it also is still prone to full dives um, for Symmetra. So I I really did think that the sentry turret no longer doing damage but healing allies is actually is way more in line with being a support, and um, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing, if we're going back to that orb of harmony for Zenyatta, those changes that you know the orb of harmony gives is actually going to be the passives that are in Overwatch Two that all characters are going to have. Oh, so, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, so the Orb of Harmony, like, tanks are supposed to have, um, they're going to have less knockback and more damage reduction. Um, You know, DPS players are going to have more movement speed, and support healers um, are supposed to have uh, passive healing. It's supposed to have the same thing as, um, what was it, Uh, Guardian Angel for Mercy, where you just, if you don't do much in a little bit, you, you get your HP back, so... Um, Zenyatta being able to tag that up and like we could actually experiment with that a little bit in this patch was really fun. Um, also, Zenyatta, they they said you know he's never on the ground, so uh, yeah, holding holding jump allows you to jump higher, which is uh, nice. Little little uh, like he's he's floating already. Just let him float slightly higher. The anti grav boy can can actually anti grav. The OG anti grav boy. Yeah. Does it ever explain why he? I think in in one of the stories explains why he floats or how he floats. I don't remember. It's the it's the Zenyatta Symmetra story, the one bit of Zen lore that we have. Yeah, it was a uh, it was interesting, uh, nonetheless. Like just looking at uh, a lot of these little changes, like um, on a sleep dart showing up in the kill feed is one thing. So like people can understand, hey, this person is slept. Um, but also sleep dart stopping turret or stopping a diva's mech <laughs> during self-destruct is oh, the either control. it's either a good play or really bad. <laughs> like your your entire team will be like, okay, 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 we're gonna we're gonna dip away, get ready for this. And uh, but if Anna hits the sleep dart, you're just like, oh, okay, it just it it drops right here. We just have to deal with wherever it lands. Um yeah, it doesn't stop the explosion, it just stops the like yeah. It's just the, the, the mech from charging in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would say like majority of this patch was it's definitely support and tank heavy. 
um, a lot of really interesting like changes in that part in that department. Um, Big Res was fun, not gonna lie. Um, just just knowing how to like all of these newer players are like, oh, okay, well, we knew that Mercy had res, it's kind of slow, like it does its own thing. And then like what we used to have, we just used to have float and heal, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have res be like be back at you know the five position, having it being the uh five man big res again was kind of fun just because like I remember having to play Mercy on occasion for the team. And when you get the five man res, you feel so good. You're just like, uh, my turn, hit him with a reverse Uno. Let's go. Yeah. You blew your you blew your first abilities with your grav uh your grav death blossom. Now it's my turn to bring everybody back and hope that I don't get shattered. So there's yeah. a comic about that, right? I, I know I've seen that comic somewhere where it's like the Reaper does the um there might have been an animation that someone did. Reaper blossoms and then just Mercy brings everybody back and it's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it used to be a feels bad moment for especially for a lot of teams because um, when you would when you would guardian angel to some like somebody's corpse and res, um, it was it was risky because it used to be like almost instantaneous. So like you would know where it is, but it promoted mercy players for like not playing the game they would play essentially you play hide and seek and then you play overwatch (laughs) so as the attacking group or as the uh as the defending group it's like whoever could find mercy first wins the fight so Mm. it, it wasn't like who can uh who actually lands their abilities it's like can you stop mercy from doing the res and if you do uh then you win the fight I really like this patch, honestly. I, I I only played a little bit of it, but from what I played, like it gave us something new to look at. Like I like this this stuff is mostly not gonna go through, but I feel like since you have so many different content creators and personalities in Overwatch, like if we're not getting anything official anytime soon, you could just keep releasing these, I think, at a more consistent and rapid pace just have one always in the works so that it, it's fresh and new every time so like oh here's a new change let's try it out just to give us something you know just some little bit of content to, to tide us over until overwatch 2 comes out yeah and i the thing that i liked about this i feel like this is a way for overwatch to say like hey this is how the tanks are going to be playing in the future this is like if you were wondering how is roadhog going to be utilized as a solo tank this is your answer here it's like he has you know aoe healing and it's reliant on how much uh how close to the team he is and for diva it's uh prioritizing you know, defense matrix and boosters more than having to deal damage with with the cannons. So seeing this little glimpse is really interesting into I would say the future of Overwatch, which is really cool. Um and also showing like, okay, like you can do weird things with the characters. I mean, four man pin is ridiculous. Um 
but if you know you only have one tank and it pays off that that is something that teams have to look forward to Mm -hmm. well speaking of overwatch 2 um the the florida mayhem decided you know what we're tired of of waiting for this to come out and we're tired of like everyone else waiting for this to come out here's a uh, a workshop code that lets you like try out what the speculative changes in overwatch 2 are going to be so if you go to the workshop and type in the code 21147 this was shared by the florida mayhem's coach jordan gunba graham um it's pretty much what we know so far about Overwatch 2 all rolled into one. So it is 5v5. A lot of the tank reworks and all of the a lot of the character reworks are included. Like Reinhardt has two fire strikes and can cancel a pin. Um, Bastion's the stick grenade and artillery strike are worked in. Um, they they kind of did a little bit of a rework on like, for example, Doomfist, how they thought Doomfist is gonna work as a tank because he's rumored to be transferred into the tank role so i think i think this is something that overwatch in general should have done like blizzard should have done this it shouldn't have been up to the florida mayhem to release this uh it kind of like it makes the florida mayhem look good it makes overwatch and blizzard look bad just because it's not officially overwatch it's it's a team it's, in the league. Uh... It's hey, we made your game already. Why, yeah. why don't you? <laughs> like, what's the point of waiting for Overwatch Two official now? We can just play on this workshop. Yeah, we'll, code just, forever. we'll just play on the workshop code. That's our new. Uh, that's our new way of getting in there. Um, I do think that's hilarious, and I, I love that thought process. It's just like we have what the prototype for the game is, and we know that you know coming May we are supposed to have the beta version of Overwatch Two, and the pros are going to be playing on that, but. Like, I really do want to have this game out as soon as possible, and allowing more players to play it now will only make the scene better when the pros get it. So, um, I understand, you know, I'm not a game dev. You're going to have to talk about, you know, quote, sound design, uh, different engine that it's running on. Yeah. Um, like, just the reworks of models and clip bot, like hitbox and whatnot. But I really do want that to move over as soon as possible and if we do get that uh who knows maybe more people will start playing the game again maybe we might be seeing another revitalization of overwatch potentially but honestly how bad does it look that like oh blizzard's like oh we're still working on the game we've still got a whole lot to do and then meanwhile the mayhem like we did it already in in workshop yeah it 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 looks bad. It's like if a basketball team said, "Like, hey, we found the we found the future rules, and we're going to be playing on those." Um, <laughs> and it's it's really funny. It's just like this is something that the like this is just showing how passionate you know the Overwatch community still is about the game, and the fact that like we we won't take oh we're polishing it uh, as an excuse, but like you know right. that that is Blizzard uh, soon trademarked so. Like if anything, this should like really push them to be like, oh, we gotta release this now. We gotta, we gotta hurry up. Like um, I would, I would love to have Overwatch two, even if it's like, if it's on the Overwatch one engine, but it's like quote unquote Overwatch two, and then give us like the big patch. Yeah, that's like fifty gigabytes, 
and it's just like okay new engine new i mean that's sound what design, cyberpunk's like, doing yeah exactly just pull pull a cyberpunk but not with the with the terrible early release you know yeah yeah for sure uh and so the last bit of news that i think we have for for overwatch for now and for just this week's episode is that um overwatch 2 looks like it's not going to be released for the switch at least initially um so on twitter user helba underscore the underscore ai posted a video of looking at the battle.net ui and it looks fairly legit i don't know how you'd be able to fake this that well but looking through just the different titles listed for blizzard um right now over there is a listing for overwatch 2 i don't know if this is like back-end stuff or beta or whatever i don't know how they would have gotten access to this i don't i mean i haven't seen the um the battle.net servers i haven't looked at them but i and i know that like overwatch 2 code is starting to come out so people are expecting the beta but looking through all the listings um and under overwatch 2 like you see the system like the pc icon you see the xbox icon you see the playstation icon but the the nintendo switch icon is missing and as um they're scrolling through the rest of the other titles the nintendo switch is listed for things like overwatch one and like diablo it's absent for overwatch two so people and including myself are taking this to mean at least initially on launch Overwatch 2 is not going to be available for Switch. I'm guessing maybe it's going to take them more time to like adjust to the the Switch controls like the gyro and and whatever. And again, it took years for Overwatch to finally be ported onto the Nintendo Switch. So I don't think that is while it's unfortunate for the Switch crowd and I know there are people who do play it on the Switch like my cousin likes playing it on the Switch. Um while it is uh I guess not too unexpected. It, it, it's going to be unfortunate for them, but like for the rest of us, we don't have to worry about um, being matched up against Switch players in our games and cross-platform. Although I don't even know if they are matched up in the cross-platform pools as it is. I believe they are. It's just going to take a little bit of time for them to implement the Switch. And I, I understand like you can't just... If you're changing your engine, you're changing the way how the game operates. You can't always like expect it to be perfect on the first on the first start. So it would be nice if they had it ready. Um, but yeah, if it's not going to be on initial release, we know that we can have it later. Well, I think that covers us for this week. Um, anything that you want to end with, Kevin? Um, yeah, I guess we'll talk about what future, future things. Hold on. Let me pull up the, the thing that I was going to talk about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this weekend, if you happen to be in the Bay, I don't know how many of you guys are in the Bay, um, or are around here, but, uh, UC Berkeley is doing an open house for their esports gaming lounge. So if anybody wants to come by and and say hi, I'll probably drop by for a couple hours. I I know the head of the esports department there. Um yeah, feel free to stop by, enjoy the enjoy the space. I heard that they're trying out a bunch of new things. Um they they got a bunch of new stuff um 
new chairs, new equipment, and then also they're trying newer, um, a new layout to make things look a little bit better. So that's going to be really cool. Um, they're also doing a Corsair giveaway. Um, there's going to be chairs available. So if you need a new gaming chair, they, they are going to be raffling off a couple of them. So yeah, it's going to be really cool to, to see. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week. Hope you have a good weekend. Um, hope y'all are staying safe and healthy out there. Hope you had either a good Valentine's Day or Singles Awareness Day if you recognize them. And um, we will catch you again next week with all of our our regular musings on the pop culture world. Um, yeah. Adios, everybody. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.